I am unashamed. What about you? So we um, we sent Jace out on a mission to find stories. He's gone. <laughs> he's in he's in California. I can only imagine when he gets back what all will have happened. You know, it'll be it'll probably be a whole podcast worth of musings. Where did he go? So he went to uh, Pebble Beach which is, I'm not sure what the town is in California, but there's a famous golf course there. So his buddy Barrett that he talks about all the time, he turned 50. And that's what he wanted to do on his 50th birthday was go play at Pebble Beach. And so Jace has played there, I think, a couple of times. And so I was shocked because Jace is a lot like Dad. Like, Dad wouldn't – I mean, I don't think you'd go to the end of the road for – somebody's birthday party, you know, you wouldn't feel compelled to, right? I mean, I would say that y'all have taken the party parties <laughs> to a new level. I mean, y'all are celebrating every two, two days. So, How old somebody is. I mean, I'm like, yeah, okay. So well, well, she, I, I don't, would think, you fly to California to, for, for, to play golf with uh, somebody no, with your friends? Phil, Phil wouldn't even fly for, for my wedding. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't there for my wedding. He wasn't there for mine, but in his defense for my wedding, because he made all the other ones, um, Lisa and I decided to get married from one Friday to the next because my, uh, my, biology was beginning to overtake my theology yeah and i was trying to stay pure at this point in my life so i was like let's just go ahead and get this thing done which dad loved it because dad's kind of a spontaneous guy but he was on the duck call selling trip already planned so he wasn't there for the for the proceedings so you missed quite the <coughs> quite the deal but anyway so jace is um is out there so zach is here in the you're sitting in Jason's chair. I can, for those of you watching, uh, he's very loud. He hadn't even said anything. You're very loud today. You got a loud shirt on. You got a loud hat. Is that, or is that your homage to Jason? It's it's, it's my protest. <laughs> I, I knew when I sat down. I told Al. I said, uh, I said I can, because I, I, you're not supposed to read the comments if you're. You're kind of the whipping boy of the podcast, by the way. Yeah, well, Jason, Jason is too. He is. So yeah, we've kind of got. Some you're pe- in the right chair today. Some, some people really love it. Some people are like, "Hey, what's up with this hat?" Uh, in fact, we got one of our friends here today. John was like, "Your hat's much better, although it is. It's like a. It is. It's a Duck Commander hat. It's. Uh, it is. This is the original hat." But it's just like the hunter's orange. But uh, honestly, I didn't have any clean clothes. I just came in from California. Um, well, it looked like a unicorn threw up on you. Know, I, just, I mean, it's just just grab what's in the bag. I was at the beach, uh, so I got the kind of a beachy shirt on. But uh, so uh, yeah, you don't have to put the comments. Already, you just I, we're we're doing it here. So <laughs> we're just if you go ahead and make fun of yourself, then yeah. you can just. Get, What'd you say? Dead nature on time bomb. Dead nature on time yeah. bomb. So we do. That's why we put TMZ out of business. We just tell our all our stuff. So yesterday, Dad, I I was I preached it. WFR, or you were speaking at WFRU, because at, at White's Fair Road, we have, really, we have three different groups meeting in, at the same, simultaneously. we got you guys, us, and we have two different um, assemblies going at the same time. But I was talking about, because we had a big emphasis on discipleship in our live stream yesterday, because there's a lot of people, and, and I know our podcast listeners are the crossover, that you know, don't necessarily are plugged into a church. And so they're getting a lot of Bible from us on the podcast and they love that. So they've also, you know, Sundays, a lot of times they'll cross over and, you know, check us out what we're doing at WFR. But I was talking about, I mentioned about the movie, um, that has wrapped production, the blind. And, uh, I was, I told the audience yesterday, dad, that, you know, you were kind of, you know, a little bit 
trepidatious, I guess, going in because because it was like you know this that's an embarrassing part of your life and you just weren't sure about it. So I said, you know, we were trying to convince you that this is a legacy thing that we can lead hopefully a lot of people to Christ over because of your story. And I told him about the line Zach I used on Dad to to kind of help him over the hump about doing it. I said I told him I said well you know when Paul wrote Romans he didn't start in Romans four <laughs> he started in Romans one because without bad news without seeing evil for what it is you really can't appreciate how good God's grace is and so I think that's evident by your life and so I I I tip my cap to you Dad because you know I mean nobody likes to look at the worst parts of their life and, yeah. you know, have that display. But it, when we look at how good God's grace is and what he's done since, and so I show those two pictures that I show when I'm on the road from the 2017 Robertsons to the 72 Robertsons and talked about that journey, yeah. you know, that takes place. So it was, it was good. It was a good morning and a good day. Cause we were talking about the jars of clay, second Corinthians four. And uh, I call them cracked pots is what I call that one. Cause that's kind of yeah. what we are. We're cracked pots, you know, for Jesus. Well, that's funny because uh, when people ask me about this film, The Blind, is it a Christian film? I'm like, that's a hard to answer. It's it's not a Christian film. You know, a lot of I mean, and I like a lot of Christian films yeah, and too. and friends with a lot of guys that make them and and have been ministered to by them. Um, I think one and I, so I always say you were kind of standing on the shoulders of everybody that's come before us, but. I think with this film where it's different than is that you know there in the in the Bible there's a there's a, a story arc of creation that God makes everything and it's very good a fall that man fell Genesis three um, re- redemption that God provides redemption uh, you know in the, in the garden it was He made the coverings and out of skin which is a foreshadowing of Je- making a covering from Jesus and then restoration so creation fall redemption restoration. Where I think often in the church, maybe we, we, we don't do a good job is uh, we try to whitewash the fall. We try to whitewash. I love, uh, I was trying to get Phil to say a line a while ago for some stuff. And, and don't, Phil's not going to ever say a line that you give him. So I just, <laughs> he just, it, but, but you do it because you know whatever he's going to say is going to be better. Right. And so the, the line that you're just, you're just setting a bar and then let him go. Over yeah. You're just putting it out there. And then, but the line was, if you, it, uh, that Phil came up with, if, if you are, uh, how do you say, if, 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 if you want to see the wages of sin, he said, you need to go see this story. Mm. Yeah, and I thought about that. We don't do a good job of of showing, and this is what you've always done, Phil, in your ministry with people, is you do an amazing job of really talking about the wages of sin, because you see when you can't see how good God is until you see how bad exactly. we, we, we how far we've fallen. Yeah, yeah I agree, hundred percent. And it's it's look, it's why that it's why that one of my favorite verses is Revelation twelve eleven, which says that we overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, and the word of our testimony, meaning that showing how great Christ is. And, and then he says, and you don't love this life so much that you would shrink back even from death itself. In other words, we're willing to go full board, even to our death, you know, letting people know about Christ. And so that's why I love that. And that's what this is. I mean, in some, some, uh, some testimonies resonate in ways that are different with people, but everybody's story is unique and every story of Jesus triumph in someone's life is going to benefit someone else. I mean, that the whole idea of my whole thing yesterday in the sermon was about the light that's in us that he says in second Corinthians four is his light. And he put it in us for us to shine his light. So when you think about the glory of God, 
you think about the face of Christ, and then you think about the indwelling spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit, that light is in us. Yeah. And other people see that. And so in the way the way that Paul said he's they see it is because we're in a we're a crack pot. We're we're a flawed earthen vessel that shows once we've been redeemed the glory of Christ. And so that is the never ending story that impacts people's lives. And that's mm-hmm. that's what we're all in for. What I did yesterday was for the first time I said I will not preach today. I sat sat down at the table. I, most people stand up in the pulpit, you know, and they got, but but I, I sit when we're doing that because I just think it's better talking with someone than, mm-hmm. than, than talking down to them. But anyway, I said all I'm going to do is read the text. I said they're not long. I said it's about a twenty minute read. I will do no preaching. I'm just going to read what it says. I said. I think we don't do that enough. Uh, Here's where it started. John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me which is quite the statement. Mm -hmm. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water, you said, well, how are you going to get to know him? He said, the reason that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Mm. The next day, John was there with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him on this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus said, saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and he spent that day with them. It was about the 10th hour. And then he goes to talks about the apostles. Well, I just went from there, and I said, that's your first reading. I said, your second reading starts in 1 John 4. Test every spirit. Make sure every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, period. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. And I just read it all the way down to to chapter 5. Verse 13, I write these things to you, and all I ever did was read them, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I said, that's it. <laughs> and look, there was, a, there was an eruption of clapping. Hmm. I said, no preaching, just reading. Yep, that's good. I said, if you knowing this, you can know 
by what I just read, yep. that you have eternal life, why don't we just go ahead and read what gives us eternal life and get on with it? That's yeah. good. I said, a lot of people, I said, they think they have to preach a sermon and they have to take, I said, break the verses apart. I said, sometimes just read what it says. Yeah, that's good. No, there's there's a lot of power just in reading scripture. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about John it. John was there and he saw John the Baptist walk up there. And he watched that whole thing. Right. And he's the one, the one that says that second John there, he was the one that they started following. You see what I'm saying? Yep. They said, whoa. That's what, uh, because in that text going into the last part of the first John chapter five, it says the, the water and the blood and the spirit is that they're in agreement. Yeah. That's the one right there that'll save you. You know, that's right before they, I write this stuff to you know you, well, you, you know you have eternal life. Right. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> Which is also why there was that silent period you know, that 400 years kind of from Malachi, and then all of a sudden John the Baptist shows up because that it links right to the end of Malachi that this is the one who will let everybody know who the Messiah is. And when we repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sin, God gives us his Holy Spirit. Well, if you think back, see, Jesus walked out in that water. Nobody knew his identity was not known yet, but that's where his identity took place. Yep. Standing in the water, knowing the blood would flow from him. Yeah, that you have to put your faith in, and the spirit. Yeah, because you have. You, yeah, I love that because you have. Uh, you do. You have this. It's one of the texts I would go to. Which, by the way, people who dismiss being baptized in water, they ought to read that right there. John, the 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 one that was writing it down, he watched that whole thing. What you said about identity is is key though, because it's Jesus is is revealing his identity there, and and his identity is that he is part of the tri not part he is the triune God. So he's that's right. Got Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit descends on him, and the Father in heaven says, "This is that my is Son." Right. Speaking, yeah, yeah, speaking to him. So you, that's how you can know you got eternal life, right there. It's not rocket science. Let's take a break. One of the things we learned from one of our sponsors, Zach, you may not know this, is that your body has 360 joints from your neck down to your feet. Did you know that? I didn't know it. Now that's, now I know. That's almost a joint per day. A joint per day. Yeah. yeah one right. or two of them give me a briefing every once in a while. Yeah. So it's not bad at 76, though. So exactly. I really don't have any aches or pains. You know, no. and I don't either. And the reason we don't, Dad, is because we take Omega XL. Um, when we're young, our bodies produce SPMs, and that keeps our joints healthy. But as we get older, you know, you run out of SPMs. And that's what this product does. It helps rejuvenate joints and muscles. Uh, I've got a lot of people... Uh, because of the podcast and because of knowing me personally that are taking it now and love it. So it does work. Uh, if you got those aches and pains and you get a little bit older, get those joints lubricated. Here's what you do. You go to OmegaXL.com slash Phil. You're going to buy one bottle. You're going to get a second bottle for free, which is great. So you get a two-month supply right off the bat. OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. And this comes from mussels, saltwater mussels. Yep, from the pristine waters of New Zealand. New Zealand. That's right. Check it out. Yeah, you're exactly right. That, that I mean, that was the moment, right? I mean, that's yeah. and it was, that was it. And what was amazing, we talked about this back when we were uh, 
discussing baptism a few podcasts back, but the idea that Jesus, who was sinless, participated in that act, but the reason he did it was to fulfill, he said to fulfill prophecy, but then also for that moment to happen where John the Baptist would say, this is him. I mean, look at what he pictured, what he was doing, being baptized. If you put that as the, that's how he's going to be made known. That's his identity. That's when the spirit proves it. Up until that time, no miracles performed. Nope, none of that. You see, it was a big changing point in his life, and Jesus' stay on planet Earth. Well, just like us, it's a big point in our life, too, when we come to a knowledge of that. Yeah. You say everything changes then. That's right. Yeah, you mentioned that 400 years of silence. Can you imagine if you're God's chosen people, you know, and, and you, you haven't heard from a prophet in 400 years, it's just, you, you, that I'm, I'm you would sh- think God's not going to dial us back up. Yeah. yeah. You think it's over. It's it. What, yeah. And, and it, it, it's interesting that this is the way in which he came. And, um, I, that someone, uh, in the comments one time was, Zach needs to get off the Trinity. And I'm like, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, that ain't going to happen. You know, I mean, that, that is the essence of who God is. And you see this God of, of, of this triune God, like, Someone said recently, God's not going to, you're not going to, I think you said this in that last interview. I think you said something like, how'd you say it? We're not going to get our hands on God unless he allows it. Yeah. He, That's correct. But but even the fact that we got our hands on God, I mean, just think about that. Mm-hmm. We got our hands, we got our hands, our finite, small hands on the eternal God because of what's happening right here, what you just mentioned, the verses you read, God incarnate in flesh, Jesus in the water, about to tell the world that Emmanuel, God with us, the Son of God here. That's yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah, the way Bowles puts it, uh, I love it, is he says, we get to see who God is in the person of Jesus. Yep. And and he by him becoming a human being, you know, and— Everything he did, he did for our salvation. But just us even being able to look. You know, Moses couldn't even look at God. Yeah, he put him in the cleft of the rock, said, I'm just going to come. The presence is going to come by, but you'll be glowing, and you can't even look at me. Yeah, you you start reading through the Psalms, which I've been doing uh, recently. Just uh, It's so good just to read through the Psalms and meditate on them because for me it's like a – it's really good just for the formation of my spirit, formation of my soul – and I want I want to be like Jesus. I want to be a, a lot like Him. And uh, and read through these Psalms. And there's so many of them that talk about this eternal God who who made the mountains and the stars and like the, the, this big, 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 big picture of this big, big, big God. Yep. And then it talks about God making Him lower than the angels. Talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think that one of the things I've always said is is the the way we measure the the depth of God's love is we have to understand the height of his glory and the higher we see God which is we know he's infinitely high but he's infinitely glorious that's the distance that God traveled to be put into a human body yeah which is an infinite so so when we talk about the love of God which Phil mentioned in the last interview too about this all about his love the way we measure his love we we see his glory and then we 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 calculate the, the 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 God becoming flesh, and then calculate that distance. Yeah, and that's how much God loves you. That's yeah. why that first when it was, we're going into the book of Hebrews, that's why that first paragraph 
just zones in right exactly. there. You know, in the past, God did a lot of things, you know, but in these last days, I tell y'all, if the Hebrew writer said uh, when this was written, that as we moved into the last days, because in the past, all the prophets, there's a pretty long wait. Yeah. But finally, he appears in flesh, and you're like, uh-oh. Well, that, that's why it's been the last days now for the last couple of thousand years. A thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we know. With God, you know, it's, you know. A day is like a thousand years. Yeah. A day. So, so, so I was thinking about that, Zach, you talk about that, the idea of distance. It, it reminded me of that Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 when he says, I pray that you'll you'll grasp how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ. So directionally, that's yeah. everywhere you can go. That yeah. His love is there. I mean, yeah. in other words, you can't. People say, "Well, I'm just too far gone." There's no too far gone. There's no too far gone. You know, and there's and you say, "Well, man, I just I feel like I'm on a mountain There's no too high. The answer He's to, there to the mankind's troubles. The answer and to their dilemma. In the past, God spoke through the prophets many times, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Better pay attention to what he said, who he said he was, what he would do, what he's now doing, what he will do. You know, it's it's all mapped out now. Yeah, and, you know, people have been talking a lot more about last days just because, you know, things are things are not great, especially in our culture. And so it kind of yeah. looks like it may be some tipping point. Uh, before we get to Hebrews, I want to—I do want to mention uh, the dad. They released your daily fill, yeah, uh, which is—it's uh, a basically a devotional book. It's got about a hundred days worth of thoughts from your book series. They actually put that together from reading other, the other books, right? And the the, the podcast—not the podcast. What was it called? Oh, in the woods. In the woods. In yeah. The woods. Some of your some of your uh, just real basic. Yep. Wisdom stuff is really good. But anyway, I want to mention to the audience because it was an exclusive for Walmart originally, but now you can get it at Amazon, Hobby Lobby, Books, I mean, wherever you buy it. You can read a chapter of that and it take you about maybe five minutes, five to ten minutes, so you don't have to be in a long ordeal. Just go through it. Just read one after the other. Yep. And most of them, or, or nearly all of them, five minutes max yeah it's just a thought to get it's your not a long so. drawn out thing where you sit there you know no it's it's, it's... yeah it's very simple very yeah. simple i very like simple. it it's good so anyway it's just... not rocket science <laughs> or or as dr carson would say it's not brain surgery no that's right <laughs> <laughs> boy that guy's a man we had him on there he's he's coming down for a little visit with dad he's never um He's never. He's kind of hadn't been an outdoors person, so he's drawn to that. So he wants to go on the land with Dad. So yeah, that's well, gonna be exciting. You come right now. It's gonna. Oh, it is hot. <laughs> it is. I don't know if he if he knows how hot it is in Louisiana. Yeah. He's from Florida, Ooh, but I don't know. I forgot. I, I lived here for seventeen years, then I've been away for five, and so, you know. Yeah, you're in the mountains now. You're over yeah. there where it's nice. It used to make me so mad. People come down here saying, "Man, I don't know how y'all live down here." And I was just well, he's, now I'm now I'm saying to all my friends, "I don't know how y'all do it. How do y'all live down here?" <laughs> I'm I'm busting beaver dams is all I'm doing. Look, you oh you got a plate there of metal, and and we we, we pull it up. It's a twenty four. We got two a couple of twenty four inch pipes, and you would think, you know, they wouldn't be smart enough to dam that up where no water is coming through it, within twenty four hours. It's all packed with mud. No no flow. <laughs> I get out, tear it all apart. We got us a grating in front of the where they can't get up in the pipe. 
because that makes it very difficult. Can't reach it. So we put a plate, we raise it up. We have wire. They can't go through that wire. So they say, hmm, what do we do? <laughs> they just start stacking it up against that wire. So I, right now you could go down there. I had it flowing. As soon as it gets dark, the beavers show up. I could kill them, trap them, and kill them, put a bullet in their head, which I might do. But <laughs> but I, I'm trying to be their friends, and I'm trying to explain to them, y'all have to work with me or you will get a bullet in your head. <laughs> maybe maybe you need to Trying to, to be kind to beavers for all you animal rights people out there. Oh, yeah, you can't. I don't think we get a lot of animal rights people listening to Unashamed, but I think you need to you got to get a seat at the table. You, when they're ha- they're having a meeting apparently during the day to strategize what they're going to do, you've got to get in Look, that meeting. Anybody who's an unbeliever in God and is an atheist, when you ask him, let me ask you a question. You ever heard of of what they call a beaver? <laughs> and they say, "Yeah, I've heard of a beaver." You say, "It's just an animal, right? He got a flat tail on him." I said. Let me tell you something. That thing, it is amazing. We are taking track holes, big track holes, and reaching down in front of those pipes, the big pipes. I've got some pipes that's like 48 inch. But you won't believe how many, literally tons of earth that beavers will move around down there, damming up everything. They they just it, it's 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 amazing. Can you watch. tell us? Um, let's take another break. Didn't you tell us one time there's a beaver dam in Canada that can be seen from space over one mile long? <laughs> it's the largest animal made structure in the world. That's crazy. It's twenty feet out in the middle of it. The the, the dam. Yeah. They move twenty feet of dirt up. <laughs> And it stretches for one mile, and there's a lot of them working on it. And you can look down from outer space with with, with, with no engineering degree. Right outside Alberta, Canada. So and we got some Canadian listeners. So I'm yeah, I've sure seen, I've I've seen footage of that. It's it's pretty impressive. You think about like the Army Corps of Engineers and what they've done along the Mississippi River. This I mean, would have cost them millions, tens yeah. of million, billions of dollars to do that. Beavers did it. They've been working on it a while. Some old guys filming it and watching it, how it keeps yeah. getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's amazing. Well, I'm in down here, you know, just trying to drain water in Louisiana. But they are a major factor. <laughs> it's, a, it's a yearly battle. It happens this time every year. Usually cotton mouths will, say that's will move as soon as you start to get down there in them beaver dams and cotton mouths. They, they like living in there. They like up, got little perch and stuff going around there. So you got to be careful where you step. You know, you step right down there. There's a cottonmouth going right there. I'm like, whoa. Have you seen a bunch of snakes out this year? Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, what happens is every time the you get backwater, it just repopulates the, the snakes and everything else. Oh, yeah. It's, there's oh, no you, way. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's like fighting and losing battle That's in some exactly ways. Right. But you just got to stay on top of it. That's exactly right. That's That'll cool. preach somewhere, I know. Yeah, that's good. All right, so well, let's get to Hebrews. Um we set the book up uh, the last couple of podcasts. We kind of did some some background. We were saying, Zach, because you weren't on the podcast, that, I mean, we love Hebrews anyway. I mean, it's such a good book because it's all about, in fact, my outline is like the superiority of Jesus. Yeah. I don't think Bowles actually used this wordage, but uh, the son, is, he's going to say in verse 2 or 3 there, verse 2, the Son with Jesus is the radiance 
of God's glory, and check this out, and the exact representation of his being. So you say he is God. Yeah. 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 Uh, sustaining all things. Any question you have about anything by his power, powerful word. And John echoes that same language. Exact representation of God's being. He says, well, he'd have to be God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John uses the same language in John 1. He says, uh, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and through him all things were made, which is what he's saying here. When you start thinking about Jesus, which is good because— in our culture, I think we, uh, particularly in the last probably twenty years, when we talk, we we, we want to talk about Jesus being like the loving, forgiving, and which he is. He's and you know we got the picture of him petting the lamb and the picture of him with the kids, but we better not forget that we are talking about the Creator and Sustainer of all things, the Son. The all things were made through Him and by Him. I think that's one of the things we get off on is in diminishing the What's deity on of Christ. The negative side. There is one lawgiver, that'd be Jesus, and, and there, there'd be one lawgiver and one judge, the one who can save and destroy. So you say, that pretty well covers the whole thing. And we and Save we, or destroy is in his hands. And we talked about, Zach, on the last podcast that this book, obviously, and we, we spent a lot of time sort of trying to guess who might have written it and, you know, kind of things everybody talks about Hebrew, but there's no doubt about it because the, the, the uh, tenor uh, of the book is that people are, have sort of slid back into Judaism and back to the old ways yeah. and away from Jesus, which was the purpose of why the Hebrew writer wrote it. And it's such a cleverly written book in terms of the arguments that the writer makes. So he starts out, he says in verse 1, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers, so you know it's a Jewish context now, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So now everything's changed. Whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. And we spend a lot of time talking about that with Bowles about that Jesus has always been there, mm -hmm. uh, and that prophecy has always been there. You know, in Genesis 3, whenever the fall of man, you know, we, do, we get to verse 15, and whenever God addresses Satan, he brings up Jesus then. I mean, that was really probably the first prophecy. He said, you know, you'll strike his heel, meaning that he was going to die, but he'll crush your head, yeah. which is what happened in the resurrection. I mean, Satan, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, his his power and dominion were destroyed with the resurrection because now there's no fear of death. Yeah. I mean, that's been his main, you know, tool against humanity. And apart from law and the faith that we now, the world now stands in, the ones who have obeyed the gospel, in other words, watch, is the law therefore, because we'll see all this keep coming up in Hebrews, this is Galatians 3, 20, 21. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. If a law had been given that could impart righteousness, would certainly have come by the law. But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin so that what was promised, being given through faith in Christ Jesus, might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, 
and you'll see in Hebrews over and over and over and over. This is in Galatians. Before this faith came, before Jesus showed up, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until the faith should be revealed. No way out. None. So he told through, through the prophets all those that, that 5,000 years preaching, he's coming, he's coming. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, the Hebrew writer will keep making this point. We are no longer under the supervision of the law. That's the book of Hebrews coming up. Yep. He said he's going to show you a better way. Right. It, it, it's the problem with the law is none of us have ever kept it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it killed every last one of us. That's right. He keeps it, then dies on a cross and be buried and resurrected to get us out from under it. Keeps it and dies to get us out from under it. I wouldn't have thought that one up. I, I, that's, that's over my head. I'd have never. And yet human nature, because this is what the book of Hebrews is about, tends to want to always go back to law. Somehow, As if they can keep it. Right. It's, it's like a false security in, in law. It's because you can't keep it anyway. No. You know, and we've talked about this before, even at a practical level. You see things happen in our culture, and the immediate response is we need more laws. But typically, it doesn't deal with the human heart. No. So what happens is you make more laws, and then people still find ways to do evil. You, you can't stamp it out by law. You can't. And yet that's always the rush. The law that says thou shalt not murder, commandment number six. Thou shalt not murder. Don't murder each other. You say, well, what happens if I do? We'll kill you. That's what happened. I mean, you talk about strict. I mean, this thing was death riding on it. Yeah. You say, well, how many people kept it and the murder rate went down? The murder rate's been high ever since human beings been on That's the exactly earth. Exactly right. It's you the know, first thing that happened. You say, well, how, were they killing each other? Because don't murder. I mean, that was said, you know, 2,000 years before the law was given. I mean, I mean, about when it was given, 2000 in, you say, well, man, you know, I have to keep every one of these. You said, not but 10 of them. But no Isn't one it? keeps it. You no can't, yeah, the system. Hang on, hang on, let's take a break. The systems are, will never work. I mean, we talked, it's, it's, it's hilarious, not hilarious, it's, 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 it's just, the, the, the theme continues, right? When we were in Colossians, yeah. yeah, Paul starts Colossians with the supremacy of Christ. Yep. Yeah, and the whole thing is about don't get off on the system. You, get off, you, need, to, you need to end on the person of Jesus. And I think that's the, the whole deal, you know, is that we want the systems. I mentioned that Dallas Willard quote, or he didn't quote it. I think he quoted T.S. Eliot in his book, um, uh, re, uh, renovation of the heart, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but the reason why T.S. Eliot said we come up with all these systems is we're trying to find the perfect system so we don't have to be good. Yeah. And 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 that and that's just not really the, the you've missed the whole thing. You know, if you don't understand that that God is the prize, like it's not about getting to eternal life so we can have autonomy and live forever. It's 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 actually being in in, in the presence. Of God, yeah. I think that's the end. You know, so all this stuff in Hebrews that we're going to get into is as as he's talking about this, he's he's making himself available. He's allowing us to touch him. Particularly in this first part, it's about God's revelation and that God is revealing himself to us. He's 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 making himself known. The past when God when God talked to, to his people, 
Um, he did it through prophets, is what he's saying. And and prophecy was always difficult because you know it was being spoken in the moment by the prophet in some scenario that he was dealing with. Yeah. But then there was all these clues that were there that were going to go forward. But that's a hard way to get it because you're not exactly sure. You're, you're not sure what is this he's talking about now later. I think most I think most of the prof, prophecies that we now know are messianic prophecies, meaning they're prop they're they're predictions about the coming of Jesus. When they were written, a lot of them people probably thought oh, they didn't even know what it was. But right. then you go back because hindsight's twenty twenty. Now we know because we know, like in the Psalms, when it talks about Jesus dying. Right. In fact, it was hilarious. We were at an event. Phil, I don't know if you remember this or not. At the Western Summit, and um, and we were uh, you, you were preaching. I think was it Psalms twenty two? Is that the uh, yeah Psalms? I think that you, is the one. I think you were in Psalms twenty two, and you're reading it. And I'm back there behind stage with a with a a guy who's a friend of ours, a, a Jewish guy, and he's like, he's preaching out of the Old Testament, and I'm like, yeah, and and so then he you kept going, and then he goes, wait, he's talking about Jesus, and I'm like, yeah, but so but if you but if you were to go back, you know, when that was written, when 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 the Psalm was written no one would have known, oh, he's talking about Jesus. We know now because we know exactly what is written in Psalms 22 has actually taken place. Yep. And Jesus, I mean, word for it, looks like the movie The Passion of Christ. Right. So we know that now. And so that's what, when Larry was on, that's what his whole ministry, because he's mostly dealing with people, Islamic faith people, is, and they, and I didn't know this till he explained it to us, that they embrace the Old Testament. They saw Jesus as a prophet, not the son of God, but a prophet. So he, that's where his whole ministry came out of showing Jesus from the Old Testament. But you're right. Once it's happened and we have the scripture and the word, you can do that. But in the in real time, when you were living it, I'm sure it was very confusing because you're not sure what exactly, who is he talking about? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, there was an interview uh, I watched with Ben Shapiro, uh, Jordan Peterson, and I can't remember the other guy. Maybe Dave Rubin. I can't remember who it was. Whoever it was, they're talking about the evangelical faith, and 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 Ben had uh, John um, MacArthur on his uh, Sunday podcast, and um, Dad's been on his show before too. Ben's, Ben's yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, he asked the question of John MacArthur. He said, "You know," and then he's telling, he's actually telling the other guys this story, which I thought was I, I love Ben because he's he's like such an honest guy, you know, and. Uh, and just he's up for real discussion. And so they were talking and, and he's like, you know, I asked John, what's, you know, what's, I mean, we're, we're kind of all on the same team here, right? You know, we're, we're, we believe in the God, the Old Testament. And like, what's the big difference between Christianity and Judaism? And he said, John MacArthur just simply looked at him and said, well, it's just real simple. Jesus. <laughs> and Ben's like, he's kind of right. You know? <laughs> the big difference is Jesus. Right. And I think that's honestly the case that's about to be made here at Hebrews. If you say, what's the big difference between Jude? He said, why, why is this book written? Or why is this letter written? What is written? Because we're, this is the case for what is the big difference? What's the big deal? And the answer is going to be Jesus. Yeah. When we get to the priesthood, when we get to the whole, all Everything. of it. What, what, what's it? Jesus. Right. And which is why I enjoyed the book so much. I, I want to read this text because we, if, here's what Peter said in Second Peter 1, which is what the Hebrew writer said, but it, it kind of really gives it a nice you know, buttress in verse 16, second Peter one 16, Peter saying, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory. We mentioned this earlier, saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. So he goes back to that same moment we were talking about. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets and more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So I love that that picture, he says, of what he saw and heard about who Jesus is. And then also he takes it one step further and said, all the prophets pointed to this moment. And he's speaking, obviously, he is a, he was yeah. a Jew, so he's speaking to a Jewish audience as well. And he's saying, look, this is real. We didn't make this up. We're not, you know, people try to do a lot of, Stories about Jesus. We were there. We saw the glory. We saw it happen. Uh, yeah, and and I I love this because when he's when he's making his case here about the prophets, he's he says he he's making the case that, that yeah he's acknowledging the Old Testament. He's not, and that's why you don't get a. It's not like we're rejecting the Old Testament. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, I but, but but people do, don't they? In evangelical circles, a lot of times they're like, well, we oh, don't yeah. we don't really need the Old Testament. You're like, we don't need it. I well, mean, it, it is, it is, it shows everything and how it had to happen. Well, you, you go let's, back let's to take our last break. You go back to when we were, I just remember growing up in, in our denomination um, and they would, and you would make a point about the old Testament. And I, if I've heard this once, I've heard it a thousand times. Well, that's, that's the old Testament doesn't apply. Yeah. I'm like the old Testament <laughs> still applies to this day. I, I, you have to read the entire Bible in its grand scope. And, and when you get here to this, idea, that's why he's upholding that. And the, God, he acknowledges that God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. And then he tells us who his son is, whom he appointed heir of all things. Through him, he also made the world. And he is the exa- the radiance of his glory and the exact, as Phil mentioned earlier, representation of his nature. He is God and upholds all things by his word. So he's the sustainer of everything by the word of his power. When you think about the, uh, the, the concept of radiance, because he says he's the radiance of God, what's the first thing that you think about when you, when you hear the word radiance? I think glow. Light. light I think light. light. Yeah. I think about the sun. And so you think about the rays that are coming out of the right. sun, which you can't, the Bible says you can't make an analogy of, of God, but you know, we can, we try to understand some of these concepts, but, but, but God, the sun is the, he's the glow of the Godhead. He's the, he's the one that's going out of the Godhead, which, which we know he came here, right? So right. he's, he's coming out of the father. Bowles, Bowles was saying, once you present Jesus, to the Arabs, they're running from themselves. Yeah, they're, they're running from their own religion. It's just a slaughterhouse. He said, once they see that Jesus is God, once they see that right there, they Muhammad, they the, know he's not God. The veils. Well, I'll tell you, Muhammad, he's not God. No. Which 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 is which is why when, I mean uh, they're trying to kill me right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, that that's a good point, Phil. Because uh, it's one of the reasons why, and and I, and and I mean this sincerely. There, there, um, 
if you're listening and you don't believe that God is three persons in one being, like it, it does matter. And the reason why it matters is the you know um, it, the the Islam teaches that God is one God, but but they don't have room for a triune God. And 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 when if God is just one person, then he then it, then what the the what that looks like downstream. It looks like Islam. It looks abusive. It looks tyrannical. And and when you see who are, who the God of the Bible is, God is love. He is an outpouring. He is an overflow. He is uh, all these things. So it matters. It really does matter. And I think that's one of the cases that he's making in, in Hebrews here. He's explaining to us that God is, he, he, his nature is a triune nature. Yeah. Because you see all, all all three members of the Trinity present here in, in Hebrews 1, just like you did in John 1. Right. And you also don't have, under that structure, you don't have any—there's no thoughts in the Quran according to—I haven't read it, so but according to Larry, there's no, there's no avenue for forgiveness for sins or purification or all the things we think about in terms of what Jesus provides for us as being a part of that triune God. There's, there's, no, there's no pathway— None. It's just it's just like it was in the Old Testament. It's law. It's it's keep law or be lost. In my, in my previous, he year. writes the law, every jot and tittle. Comes down, obeys the entire thing, which tells us it can be done. Then turns around and says, "I've chosen a price to get you out from under that. My death for your life. My blood." For you, cleansing. You you, you you don't have to be keep the law now. Just trust me. Love you. Love me. Love your neighbor. Much easier. Right. It's not burdensome. And he's correct. He's correct. It's not burdensome to love God, love your neighbor. You say how much people, you know you get up in the morning. The opposite would be be mean to your neighbor. You don't need to say there is no God, and you see all of what comes out of that. I mean, so he has the answer to everything. First John, I mean, that's what that's what he says, right? The commandments of God are not burdensome, and if if they are burdensome, then I would say the problem is not with God or the commandments. Then we need to maybe the it's problem. It's a very is, light load when you know Jesus has forgiven you of all of them. Yeah, I mean, amazingly, you 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 tend to become far better than you were when you were thinking. Going around breaking a law, which is what he, which is what Jesus meant when he said, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." He wasn't saying that Christianity is easy and we sit around, eat, you know, eating figs and grapes. He was saying the burden that you carry to try to save yourself yeah. is released in me, and you don't have that. You don't have that weight. Well, everybody says, "Oh, there's too many rules in Christianity. Too many rules. Too many rules." I said, "Yeah, mo- y'all dreamed them up." <laughs> I said, look, I said, love well, God and love your neighbor. That's just one rule. Love God and love your neighbor. I'm like, how hard can it be? You said, well, that won't work. I said, well, how, how's it working for us now? Yeah. The ones that are claiming that we're a yeah. bunch of rule keepers. I said, we're sitting here. We're free from rules, regulations. We, we just love God, love our neighbor. You say, if he spits on us or cusses us, we don't hold against him. Just keep going. And somebody said, you mean, is that it? You say, that's pretty well it. We, Phil, we bought Jesus it. Jesus went around doing good. Yep. You say, yeah, that makes sense. And healing all those who are under the power of the devil. You say, we're ambassadors for him. We represent him. And that's what we tell people. Yep. My, my, my wife bought this uh, playpen that's for the, for the baby that's like you could take out to the park and stuff. It's like a, got a top on it. And you, 
you zip it up and there it's kind of like a cage <coughs> but it's uh but so the, anyways we're out there at the park the other day uh with swim meet and grant my, my brother's kid who's like six or seven well he's trying to get into the playpen which is not made for a six or seven year old and so he's looking at him he's like come on what, get get out of the playpen too much more and not enough tent <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it and Cohen goes, well, I, you didn't tell me I couldn't get in. He goes, yeah, I don't have a rule against that, but that doesn't mean you can get, get in there. <laughs> it's like, it's like even at seven years old, he's thinking, but I, there's not a rule against it. You know, but, right. but that's the deal. You, you, it's like we don't in Christ, we don't need a rule for everything. Yeah, because it's not, it's not about that. I, I had a sister one time years ago, and she's a dear friend, but she she had just come back to Wise Free Road, and she was having some issues with some of the things we were doing, and. And I said, well, you know, it's it's okay. I mean, you know, we don't like everything, but, you know, we're just, we're a body here. We're, and she said, well, I, I just wish our elders would just make a rule. And then I would just feel, then I could just feel better. And I was like, yeah, but that's not the way, that's not the way we do that. That's not how we're going to go forward because, you know, we have the Bible, we have our own conscience. We, you know, there's always going to be likes or dislikes, but that's that craving to make me a rule. You know, if, if I, if I make a rule, then I'm comfortable because I don't have to decide anymore. I'm All my I own have conscience. To do is keep the rule. All I have to do is keep the rule. But the, guess what? You won't keep it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing. You can't. It, you can't look to the rules. And so, and to clarify something, because we're almost out of time. Zach was saying earlier how you can't kick out the Old Testament. I agree. Remember the old, and we're going to get into this later in Hebrews. The Old Testament and the Old Covenant are two different concepts. We're not under the old covenant. We're under the new covenant, but the old Testament is all about showing us the new covenant. So that's where you have to get that. And I have to say, when I took old Testament history and geography in preaching school, that unlocked it for me. That brought it all together. When I, when I understood exactly what God had been doing throughout human history, I got it in a it made the New Testament so much more meaningful to me once I had a deep dive into the Old Testament. So that's why I love this book so much too. So All right, we're out of time. That went by fast. That's good. We'll uh in the overtime, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, idea of prophecy before we start talking about angels. We'll get into that in the next podcast. Yeah, tell them how to how do they how do they get to so the blazetv.com/unashamed is uh you subscribe to Blaze. And, and I just want to mention that that uh, somebody the other day on, on Twitter said, sometimes in conservative media, there's kind of an expectation out of our people, our side, that everything needs to be free. But then you'll go subscribe to Disney or Netflix and all these other things that's putting out a lot of junk. We really need to encourage, I mean, and support conservative media. And Blaze is one of those sites that's giving us really good stuff. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you hadn't done it, I know it is a, a financial, you know, commitment but it's not that much and you're going to get a lot more than us whitlock there's some really really good voices ali beth stucky so it's worth it to do it and you get a 15 more minutes of us as well so check that out make the switch thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.